Hello. This is a house on Valencia Street. I'll be your host. I use explicit language. Topics of conversation will include ghosts, the paranormal, psychic ability, rape, incest, domestic violence, comedy, joy, silliness, love. Uh, let's see. Um, suicide, femicide, murder, um, foster care, emancipation, uh, cultural acceptance of violence against women, and everybody being just fine with it. And I'm not, so I'm talking about it. Let's see what else. Uh, Buddhism, agnosticism, atheism. Um, oh gosh, darn it. I forgot to, okay, I'm going to include it anyway. I have to put my clip on my headset in the right place or there's a lot of background noise and I've had to re-record episodes because of that. So I just figured that out and adapted. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Thanks so much for your patience. Oh, okay. Let's see what else. Uh, mm -mm -mm. I think today, <clears throat> let's see. Um, there's going to be discussing trauma, but also heal and healing from trauma. There's also going to be conversations about a mysterious moan I heard in the night outside that I've been hearing for years and I couldn't quite figure out what it was. But this last week I did. <laughs> and um, yeah, I was a little surprised by the source on that one. Anyway, let's see what else that we got here. Um, hmm. um, if mental health stuff is kicking up for you, uh, please speak to a professional therapist or someone who's board certified, who's got the education, who's going to be able to help you uh, with some of these complex uh, content and also give you a perspective outside of your own skin to kind of give you feedback. Um, so go to a professional on that. That is not me. This is one case study, one person's perspective. And um, Mainly part of it is I need to talk about the bones and the, the hearts of my ancestors. Um, a lot of this is an homage to my mama, <laughs> Darlene, who showed me a way of surviving what we lived through and how we wasn't defined by where we was born and how much money we had when we was born. There was other things that made us worthy. And um, let's see what else. Yeah, that's pretty good. Hey, you know what? Um, it takes some time and some effort and some bills to pay to produce this podcast. So uh, it'd be sure be nice to get a little donation down again. Um, there's a site called anchor.fm forward slash MoMA, M-O-H-M-A-H. Um, and that's a place you can go to take a look at all my podcasts and the notes and also take a donation, like a monthly donation. Five bucks, get a cup of coffee. Ten bucks, give me a meal. That'd be nice. I like that. Um, and actually, if it grows, hey, I can get it. I need to get a new microphone. I need to get a cover. To, you'll notice that I got some bright sounds that maybe could be softened. I got to get a... I tried to find one of those sponge covers for the mic on this, and the one I had didn't fit. So um, getting one of those filters so that things don't pop so much or S so much because I lisp a bit. <laughs> I'm quite self-conscious of that. Anyway, so... Um, yeah, those are the, that's what contribute to that. And I love visiting my family here and I love sharing it with y'all. It feels good to talk about them and let them know that we judged, we shamed because we told truth from people who had power and control dynamic issues because of gender and race and socioeconomic demographics. And 
the values assigned therein to particular values within. And um, well, there's more. There's a lot more that science can't quantify, and there's a lot more things that we just don't know about. So I'm going to hear, be here talking about some of it. Also, this is going to be a place for recovery, 12-step counseling, therapy, recovery, relapse, recovery, relapse, recovery, recovery. Hey, maybe I got this recovery thing down. All right. Some of that. So, um, yeah. And uh, let me also give a little shout out to Chris Farley, famous comedian. Uh, he helped a lot of people get into 12-step, and he had several years uh, sober before he went back out and over to it, he died as a result of his uh, addiction. So uh, I guess I want to praise Chris Farley for trying and for also understanding he had some issues to deal with. And um, I'll give some credit to anybody who's going to try, you know, at least partially, sincerely, you know what I mean? And boy, Chris Farley, oh, talk about a comedian you could go on and on about. <laughs> I mean, there's some problematic issues, but, you know, sometimes comedy is problematic. So anyway, um. Yeah, that's a good start. Is there anything else I got to hit while we're talking? Oh, <clears throat> the house on Valencia Street is a place I spent several years growing up, uh, shifting between childhood and adulthood. And, um, uh, well, growing into an adult before we moved out, and the house was very haunted. Um, there were four daughters in this family that lived there, and three of us saw ghosts there. And um, at least two of us saw the same, a similar ghost in the same room doing the same thing. And it was very distinct. <laughs> and I've never before or since had something like that happen to me. And I was so young. You know, this is 35, 45 years ago. See, and my sister's in their 60s. They ain't talking about it. And I'm in my early 50s. Um, I have some friends from high school that, I mean, one of my high school buddies, I remember at our 12th year, I, I've told this story once or twice on the podcast here, but it was, you know, a multi-decade uh, reunion. And she and I don't talk some. Uh, we kind of grew apart. We were very, very close up to about junior high or so. And then we split apart. She got to a different social class than I. And, you know, I was, I guess I wasn't focused like she was. Um, she had more preppy collar, Izod shirts with the collars up than I did. So anyway, <laughs> which was popular in Walla Walla, where this house on Valencia Street is located. Uh, still, to this day, there's a family living in it right now. And, um, uh, but anyway, uh, I remember this friend from high school, well, this friend from, she was my friend when I was living at the house on Valencia Street. She overnighted with us some, and she also came from a poor family. Uh, we both came from poor families, and so we had that in common. And this, I can remember us taking a bath in the bathtub at Valencia Street House, and we were both little fat girls. And, you know, we were taking a bath. We didn't have a shower. You know, that was, that was high class, having a shower. We had to take a bath in the bathtub. So uh, anyway, um, I remember that friend when I went back a multi-year to my high school reunion. Uh, I remember we were just bullshit and talking, just general group. And she and I weren't we're acquaintances now. We're not friends. But um, I remember we're sitting there and uh, I leaned to her and I said, hey, hey, Bubba, do you remember? Well, that's not her name. Just nickname. I said, hey, do you remember that place over on Valencia Street that I used to? And before I could get the name of the house out of my mouth. She rose her voice. I, I don't know if she'd had a beer or two, but she rose her voice in front of everybody at the reunion and goes, that house was haunted as fuck. <laughs> she, she goes, that house was haunted as fuck. She just, whoop, you know, and I was like, okay, thanks for the confirmation. Yeah, I thought so too. Anyway, this is the house on Valencia Street that we're talking about. And through meditation and prayer about a year, year and a half ago, I was very, it was like a gong. It was like a big drum. And God said, you got to talk about this house. 
And I was like, that's painful. I don't know if I want to go back there. And it was like, you got to talk about this house, carve that path. Everything's going to follow after that. So I guess I'm trying, right? So anyway, there's some ghosts and some bones there too, probably that I don't know about, or I sensed, but I couldn't put my finger on because I was a kid. See, anyway, let's keep going. All right. Here at the house on Valencia street, there was a lot of trauma going on in our family. Uh, there was a lot of abuse going on in our family. Um, but at this location, it's not going to be somebody who hasn't been raped telling me how to talk about being raped. Here we could talk about it through our own words. And part of my goal is to normalize people who are rape and incest survivors to get to talk about it. If you could talk about being through a car accident, if you could talk about being through a business collapsing, if you could talk about being an incest and rape survivor, there's a, uh, you can't talk about it, which lets it proliferate, right? So you get, so I want people to be able to sit there and go, hey, you know, I'm going to go to work today and I had a flashback and it was kind of painful and I probably need to get another therapist, even though I've got a few years therapy on me already, like that, see? Um, the goal is to be present and to allow and not to shame or judge. Uh, as long as it's legal, as long as everybody's over 18, as long as everybody's consenting, you go ahead and judge shame all you want. <laughs> Granted, legality is not necessarily the thing that's going to be the litmus test because there were all kinds of things that were legal in 1930s and 1940s Germany that weren't right. You know, there's all kinds of laws that ain't right. And this week, given that Roe versus Wade was overturned in the United States, just because it's legal, don't necessarily make it right. Okay, so overturning that and taking away bodily autonomy from women in our country. Uh, I, 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 I'm not going to dive into that because you could turn on your podcast feed or you could turn on YouTube and listen to about 500,000 people talk about it. <laughs> I think there's many of us that are shared in a sense of grief over this. And today, what we're going to be talking about, there's a couple topics we're going to be talking about, but one is trauma and grief and kind of dealing with it. Um, the other is uh, kind of a notes update for the past uh, podcast. So is there anything else I need to talk about here? Yeah, I'm putting a fence around this house. It's a place where we get to be safe to be incest and rape survivors and talk about what happened or just be present, you know, and acknowledge what ha occurred without being shamed or judged or told that it's our interpretation of things or calm down or take it easy. It's like, no, arrest that man for hitting us. That's what should have been done. That's what should be done. Thing is, you got to find police officers that are not corrupt and you got to find police officers that follow the law, not just because a particular race, gender or socioeconomic demographic is a perpetrator. Okay. Demographically that trifecta, <laughs> all kinds of studies on what they do. So let's get to it. I'm going to be present today. Well, there's a couple of things we're going to get started with. <laughs> let's start with corrections corner. Do, 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 do. I don't know if it's corrections corner, addendum corner. Do, 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 do. <clears throat> okay, this might be kind of hard, so I'm trying to figure out how to go to this. Uh, I recorded a podcast last time called The Unicorn, or The Heart of the Unicorn, mostly because uh, sometimes people of a particular orientation demographic or gender demographic get called names that other people prescribe or proscribe, I have to look up that word, to them. And uh, I was re-listening to that pod and kind of going, okay. You said some things, right? Now, so um, this corrections corner, this addendum corner about that podcast, uh, how do we put this into words? Mm. In re-listening to the pod, I think I said some 
um, mean things that maybe necessarily were not in the best interest of the people I was talking about or necessarily me. So what I thought was, I want to go over a couple of the things I said in that last episode that I could have done better. And I'm going to use a technique from a psychologist named Tara Brock, which I've discussed previously called RAIN. She has a, she has a concept called RAIN, R-A-I-N. It's an acronym. So I'm going to apply my perception of that concept to reevaluating some work I've done the last podcast. And so by example, I thought this might be a way to kind of go, here's one way to process this uh, for future reference. When you don't quite like what you did there, or you maybe think you could do it better, right? So let's get dive into that one. Although I'm really kind of, there's this doctor I want to talk about in the second half from this podcast called Last Day. That's about suicide. And um, it's about those that recover from it and heal from it, try to understand it. And uh, there's a lot of good content in that podcast uh, last day. So that'll be at the tail end of this. But let's get into this first part. Um, actually, okay, let's, I'll say it again. I think I can say this better. There's three things I want to talk to you about mainly. One is this, how do I do better from my last podcast and kind of evaluate some of the things I said. I'm going to use that RAIN process by Tara Brock. Then we're going to talk about that last day episode, Dr. Gabor Mate. I think I'm not pronouncing it correctly. <laughs> But even on the podcast, she had to practice saying his name because it has a particular uh, way of being said. Although I'm going to open up the episode with something fun, kind of weird, and then we'll get into the two work part bits later here. So, so, okay. So thank you for listening to that. We'll go ahead and shift a little bit and get into this. Um, okay. Do, 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 do transition. The weird noise story. Okay. Um, I've lived where I've lived out here, kind of in the country, kind of uh, farmland mixing in with suburbia kind of thing on the outskirts of something. And uh, a lot of people like to build their nice big fat homes out here that are half a million dollars or more. Although these days with housing prices, that seems about average. <laughs> Two bedroom, one bath is my dream sometimes. And it's like, uh, these days, I don't know if I could see that. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to mechanically make that happen. And it's a challenge, right? So, um Anyway, I live out here and I've mentioned in the past, there's, I like it because there's horses and there's goats and they're not necessarily mine to maintain. It's like looking at an aquarium and you look out your window, right? And there's llamas and there's cows and there's all kinds of animals out here that if you walk a mile or two, you're going to see them in someone's fenced area or yard or acreage or what have you. So, um, Anyway, those are there. And uh, also there's some feral cats. There's a feral cat that's been out here for at least seven, eight years that uh, she was here the first time I came out and uh, she's a scared cat, but we have this weird, I think I understand this kitty cat because we can sit beside each other, but not necessarily engage with each other. And uh, I have some empathy for that cat because of that. See, um, he, she has, my perception is, I may be projecting this, but that she's had some hard knocks. She's had some trauma on her, that cat. So she ain't going to be friendly or getting petted, but she might hang out with you while you feed her and stretch and look at you and, and clean herself, you know, and, and do her fixing on herself kind of thing. Anyway, so there's animals outside and uh, there's, you know, this and that, wandering in and there, slugs, snails, all kinds of things. Birds, lots of birds. Uh, so... <laughs> Over the years, sometimes at night, I'd be in my house and I'd hear this noise outside and it'd be out my front door. And I thought it'd be under the house. Okay, so I'd be doing my thing and I'd hear this 
It was this very weird noise. <laughs> like a noise I didn't quite recognize. I mean, uh, I was like, I don't understand that. And it would be associated with heavy breathing. So it'd be like this. It'd be this really demonic kind of, what the hell is that? I mean, what? Yeah. <laughs> And I'd be like doing my things, wandering around, going to the kitchen, this and that, going to the bedroom, going, you know, walking around, living room. And then I'd hear this, ah, this weird noise. And I'd be like, what? I, you know, I'd be scared. And I'd be like, okay, where is this coming from? And I'd go to the front of the house and I'd go to the back of the house and I'd go to the place in the house where that, that noise was. And it sounded like it was under the house. And it didn't sound like a cat. It sounded like an animal that was suffering, right? So I was like, I don't understand what this noise is and I'm scared and there's the animal suffering. So I'm praying to God going, God, I please guide me. I want to be safe. I don't know if I should go outside this late at night with there's a weird noise, probably not the safest thing. So I'm going to say, say put, but try to listen. And then the noise would go away, you know, it was just as soon as it came, you know, and I'd be like, what the hell was that? You know? So that's happened at least half a dozen times over the years. And I've really struggled with it when I look out the windows and I'd look around, I couldn't find the noise. I couldn't figure out what that was. Right. So it was this mystery noise. And I'd be worried about this feral cat that I feed. And, uh, you know, cause I care about this cat and I didn't want that cat to suffer. And I'd be like, should I go into the house? I'd look around. I couldn't see anything. Couldn't see anything. Well, <laughs> this week I was out in the front yard doing some stuff and watering some plants and looking at some bushes and, I uh, got a couple bushes that are a little gangly, but they got real pretty flowers on them. And I was watering them and it's going to be a hot weekend this weekend. So, and then I hear it. I hear that. <laughs> it's like what you'd fantasize a troll sounds like, or some kind of gnome that's in pain or something that lives under a mushroom, you know? Anyway, finally I'm like, what the hell is that? And then I, I look over, it's full day, and I look across the way, and there's, you know, a couple acres away. Um, the noise travels real well here. You know how I know that? I can sometimes overhear conversations that are at least two acres away from me. Okay, so <laughs> come from a farming family, I can kind of eyeball that. Anyway, so the distance. So, so uh, it turns out there's a farmer who's got some male goats, and you got to keep the male goats away from the female goats because you know the phrase horny goat, don't you? Everybody knows that phrase, and there's horny goat weed. That's supposed to be um, helping uh, sexual performance. You know, it's a horny goat weed has been something that's been used for a long time for sexual performance and herbal stuff like that in Asia and different um, disciplines or what have you. So I'm standing out there, and I'm like, what the fuck? And then I realize, I hear the noise. It's full daylight, and I hear that fucking... That noise, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I look over, and I'm like looking around, I'm looking in all directions, and I finally figure out what the noise is. It's a couple of these old goats, and for somehow, some way, the sound carried so much that it sounded like it was right here. It sounded like it was right under the house and loud. Okay, but what happens is that that animal lines up, and then on the compass spectrum, it's pointing at the house, and then it just the it carries right over the the area. It just carries right down that area. And, um, and I was like, I just remember this last week sitting there doing stuff in the yard. And I was like, that's it. That's what that weird animal noise is. And I've only heard at night. And I finally heard it during the day. <laughs> I think the magic of it is the way the goat is facing. Cause if the goat ain't facing my direction, um, it's not going to be barreling down this particular area that carries sound really well and make it sound like it's under my house. So anyway, 
Just be advised, if you've got some really weird noises that you're not familiar with coming around your house at strange times at night, it might be the wind carrying some old goat, some of their some of their exultations to you. It might be part of the gig. So, so there's the mystery of the uh, goat moan. Maybe I'll call this the mystery of the goat moan. But then I'd give away the, the punchline, wouldn't it? Okay, so there's one story out of the way that came this last week. Okay, moving on. Let's go to the corrections part. So last week I had this episode called uh, Unicorn or Heart of the Unicorn. And I re-listened to it a time or two. And there's some things going on there. And I'm going to run a process called uh, Rain on this to kind of make some things better. Now it's better if you focus on one simple thing because you're going to really work that simple thing a lot. So I'll try to pick out one or two things within the series that maybe were not... um, kind. And I'm going to run rain on it and see if you can get the process where I, why it might cause some healing, right? So the process I'm talking about is from Tara Brock. She's a psychologist and Buddhist, and I've referred to her several times in the podcast previously. She's a mentor of mine, and she's a, someone I weekly consult her content uh, regarding Buddhism and meditation and psychology. So, okay. Um, Tara Brock's process is called RAIN. RAIN is an acronym for the following words. Recognize, allow, investigate, nurture. So um, let's say you got a conflict or something you don't quite understand. You can try to figure out how to process it that way. And that gives you some room so that you can adjust and adapt without shame, right? So so in the last episode, I was talking about a couple, a really charismatic couple, and I'd been attracted to one person. Um, and I'd known them over the years. And finally, I was assertive enough to go try to connect and we connected and they brought me into their world. And, um, but there were more, there were several people they brought into their world and that was a process they did. They were quite charming and charismatic. Right. So, um, the female partner, the, the aristocrat, um, I remember describing her looks and I went through and described her appearance. And one thing I said towards the end was, uh, she was pretty, you know, but she wasn't beautiful. She was pretty, she was pretty enough. You know, I said something like that. And I was evaluating that letter and I thought, or that later, and I thought that's kind of insulting maybe, or that's kind of judgmental, or that's a control power thing maybe, right? So I thought maybe in this example of being judging or shaming, I could evaluate what that was about. Okay, so let's start through. So in the last episode, I was talking about someone I was friends with and later not friends with who I felt used by and um, didn't feel she had a lot of empathy for me um or didn't feel safe or comfortable talking to her because of the class issues or what have you so um i said in this podcast that she was pretty but not beautiful okay so i'm going to recognize i'm recognizing i don't think that was kind i think that might have been insulting to her and i think it might have been a not pegging a pecking order thing maybe a pecking order thing so i'm recognizing i didn't like hearing myself hear it say that i thought it was kind of insulting and maybe not honoring this person although this person I gave several examples of how I felt dishonored by this person. However, um, I could do better than that, right? So, so I'm recognizing I didn't like that. So, um, I'm going to acknowledge it. I, I, whether or not she treated me well and whether or not objectively or subjectively that's accurate, um, her partner, I mean, he talked about, he just gushed at how much he loved her, you know, um, the, uh, the suit, the tweed jacket uh, in that couple. And, um, so, I know that a lot of times for me, it's just like um, when my grandma used to cook me food and she'd make noodles and she'd use Campbell's uh, cream and mushroom soup and peas and tuna and she'd slap it together and call it good and then give it to you. And then, um, 
it was plain food. It was cheap food, but she loved me and it had a lot of nutritional value in it. And it didn't matter. It was cheap food because she infused it with her love, right? And because she loved me and she was honoring me and caring and nurturing for me, I can't tell you, I'm going to start crying. I can't tell you what I give you today to have my grandma's cheap pasta, peas, tuna, cream of mushroom soup, fucking goulash, whatever the hell it was. I would, I'd eat it all day long. I mean, just to have her hands make that for me, you know, it would mean a lot to me. So the point being that when someone, when you love somebody, something that's average, someone, someone might consider pretty, my, the other person might consider a work of art and Mona Lisa, right? So, so I guess I want to acknowledge that she could be beautiful regardless of whether I consider her to be beautiful. Further, I'm going to acknowledge I came from a family of four daughters, at least three or four of us were strikingly beautiful. <laughs> in my perception and you know one modeled and her daughter's modeled and you know so uh maybe i have some arrogance on that even though as a shortest with the widest shoulders who was running shot put and track in high school and junior high and well junior high not high school anyway um so i my, my own I, I i consider myself sometimes either my charisma or charm I, i've been told i've been beautiful in the past and so from people i don't know you know a lot when i was younger and then as i grew older well you know I guess the shine on the rose fades a little bit some, yeah? Um, anyway, so, <laughs> oh, no, I don't mean to insult myself. I could be beautiful, too. So I'm acknowledging that um, maybe there is some discomfort there, some kind of posturing going on there. So I'm not going to investigate it. I'm using the RAIN process, R-A-I-N. I'm on I, investigate, <clears throat> in the investigation process. Um, okay. Uh, I think that uh, that's something I had was my beauty or my charm or my charisma or my ability to dance. Uh, I've got some charm and charisma. I, people respond to it. Um, there was a friend of mine, who shall name Nameless, who was a good buddy of mine for several years, and then he started going back into his addiction. But uh, there were times in our lives he was a great friend of me, and I remember him telling me, he goes, you know, he goes, you know, when you walk in the room, people notice. I mean, you got they want to look at you. You got an energy about you. You know, people notice you when you walk in a room, whether you like it or not, you know? So it's like, so sometimes I want to hide and be a wallflower. Although as I'm getting older, that's a lot easier because, you know, with a little gray hair and a couple wrinkles, people don't look at you so much, right? So anyway, I'm investigating that. That's something I felt superior at maybe emotionally. That's something that I had access to, uh, had a confidence in, right? And whereas the aristocrat, maybe she was socially perceived differently. Maybe she wasn't as attractive and that's something I felt superior at because she had comfort and she didn't have to worry about not having food and she didn't have to worry about not having insurance. And by the way, I have car insurance. I file a law for cars. I'm talking about health insurance. Whenever I talk about not having insurance, it's health insurance because I've always, I've had the same policy for over 25 years through three different cars. <laughs> Same company, same policy. Anyway, so was it same policy? Yeah, it was a group policy thing. Anyway, so, uh, you know, uh, I felt that she had superiority for, for me that way, but I felt hurt and judged and used by this person, right? So uh, in investigating that, I'm realizing that maybe I had some ego and pride issues with the beauty thing, right? And maybe that was one, one of my ways I could say, you hurt me, so I'm going to hurt you back, maybe. It might have been passive aggressive, maybe. Or maybe it's just honestly how I feel, you know? So, um I feel that any spirit or soul deserves love and deserves honor and respect, especially they were gracious to me, although there was kind of a condition with it, right? So um, so that's the investigation part of going, maybe I got some ego and pride stuff, and maybe I need to make amends to that. So let's go to the end of nurture. So R-A-I-N, we're in N for nurture, right? Um, I deserve to have room aboard. 
I deserve to have health insurance. I deserve to not be raped in my home. I deserve to not be beaten or told I'm worthless. I deserve to not be told to calm down, take it easy when someone's physically harming you. Right. So, so these are things that weren't, I didn't have the comfort of that she did. She had more comfort. She had more nurturing. Right. And as Tara Brock, she quotes a famous author in some of her readings and writings that says, um, it's not survival of the fittest, it's survival of the nurtured. Right. So, so anyway, um, yeah, that's rain. So I just ran rain on that. And there's several things on that previous process that I could run through and go, oh, maybe that's why I was unkind with my language, you know, um, and maybe I could do that better. And if I nurture my own needs around that and acknowledge my, my inner child, which if you're looking for inner child work or being your own self-parent, uh, Adult Children of Alcoholics is a fantastic group for creating and cultivating your inner parent and your inner child. And um, you're dealing with a lot of people who have walked through trauma and trauma is really common. Okay. And trauma is a response to an activity. It's not the action that was done to you. Um, so I think I'm going to round out, uh, make this a 30 minute episode and I'm going to come back next week, possibly and talk about Dr. Gabor Mate and, um, Stephanie Whittles, uh, walks, walks, um, the author of last day and the author of everything is horrible and wonderful, a tragic, a tragedy comic memoir of genius, heroine, love, and loss. I hope to be talking more about that author in the next podcast. So anyway, uh, sometimes you can look at yourself and say, maybe that was good. That was good content, but maybe you got to modify it a little bit, maybe run your inventory a little bit. So anyway, thank you for coming to the house on Valencia street, um, where we try to figure out how to be present and be truthful and also recover. Right? So, uh, please understand you're never alone at the house on Valencia street. Sometimes it's whether you like it or not. All right. Take care, kids.